Hello and welcome back to Pageants and Prosecco. This is your host Brett here, your hostess with the mostest. And on today's Queen Crush Wednesday, we have the former Miss Black USA, Daphne Lee, joining us today. And we are sipping some nice wine with her on this day or evening or morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. But first, before we hear from Daphne, the queen herself, let me go ahead and tell you a little bit about her, shall we? So she began her dance training under the Rawway Dance Theater underneath the direction of her own mother, Miss J. Skeety Lee. Daphne graduated with honors from the Ailey Fordham BFA program in dance and is actually the recipient of the Denise Jefferson Scholarship Award. And she also received a few other scholarships too, like Jacob's Pillar, School of American Ballet, Dance Theater of Harlem, The Rock School, and she's actually a regional gold medal recipient in dance for the NAACP AXO competition. And so she also went back to serve as a mentor and a judge this past year. So Daphne was featured on a few things, you know, little small projects, a.k.a. the opening video for Mrs. Carter World Tour, a.k.a. Beyonce, and was even featured in a short film, Life of an Actress. And she performed works with all types of people by like Amy Seward, Beno Swan Profier, Amy Hall Gardner, and Alonso King. And she was even the assistant choreographer to the musical The The Color Purple when it was playing in Milwaukee. She's danced at Edinburgh Finch Festival in Scotland and was a cast member in the sixth season of Dance 212 online reality series. She's an ambassador to several products and companies like Gaynor Midden, Capizio Dancewear and Nude Bar. She's also a part of the Mike Conley tribute for the NBA team, Memphis Grizzlies. She was featured in Elle magazine, The Village Voice, and of course, like I said, she's on a podcast because she's a former queen herself, Miss Black USA. She's danced with Alvin Ailey II, Oakland Ballet Company, Collage Dance Collective, UK artist Sydney Joe Jackson, and the Black Irish Project. She's currently receiving her Master's in Fine Arts and Dance from Holland University. And you can catch her on tour right now with the Dance Theater of Harlem. This is our Queen Crush Wednesday. You guys, we are talking to a ballerina today. How exciting. And she started when she was older, too. So some people say you can't do some things unless you've been doing it all your life. Ha! Daphne Lee is breaking those stereotypes and she's making a name for herself in this dance world. I'm going to let you guys just hear from her. I'm going to shut up now and just get to the interview. But thank you for tuning in. This is Daphne Lee, Miss Black USA.
And I am with Daphne Lee, Miss Black USA 2017. Yes, how are you? Good, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, I'm doing well. <laughs> I had to make sure the year was right, because as you guys may or may not know, I competed for 2016, Yes, and I went mm-hmm. back to watch you and your contestants um, help you guys out during the week and be there for you guys. Yes, you was, you was there, and that was, yep, the 2017 crowning, which was really exciting, and now it's a year later, and I actually crowned a new queen, so it's crazy how time actually flies. So let's talk about your year as Miss Black USA. Yes. And then we can go into your whole life as a dancer, because you are a ballet dancer, as people might not know. Yes. <laughs> so oh, my year and my reign was incredible it was actually bittersweet um there were so many great things that happened once I got crowned I mean along with the interviews I was able to um host the International Myeloma Foundation so not many people know that my mother has multiple myeloma cancer which is a bone marrow cancer and with the crowning of being Miss Black USA there are not enough black faces for that particular cancer unlike other cancers you know breast cancer has like a face it's pink it's pretty you know we do things for it but this is a cancer that not many people know. So as Miss Black USA, I was able to do um, the International Myeloma Gala, which I'm actually doing again in November. So that's very awesome. But also I was able to do the Diamonds and Denim Autism event. I was able to work on the Tom Joyner show, Sister Circle TV, um, featured in magazines like Allure and Glamour. I had a really great reign in terms of exposure about the organization, about the pageant, and just being out there in social media, getting people to recognize what Miss Black USA is about. Now, as a dancer, (laughs) yes, I am a ballerina with Dance Theater of Harlem right here in New York City. And I just started um, with this organization. So during my reign, I was actually in Memphis, Tennessee with a company called Collage Dance Collective. And then I transferred to this one because of my parents being sick and I just needed to be back in the city. Um, So yeah, I'm a full-time dancer. I actually begin touring a little bit um, next month. So catch me in a city near you. But um, yeah, we're working very hard, getting our choreography together. I'm learning all the new pieces since I'm a new dancer. So it's been a lot, a lot of work. Oh my gosh. I think it's so cool to know a ballerina. Like, yeah, it's who knows a ballerina. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like we focus so much on doctors and lawyers and nurses and yeah. like there's artists um around. And like I said, because of um you know, being a black ballerina, not everybody having access to that other than seeing on TV or in social media, like actually knowing a black ballerina, but just the ballerina in general, like how unique is that? <laughs> and I get to bust all the myths about what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And as you guys, the listeners heard in my bio, you actually have a deep, deep study of dancing. Yes. You won several awards. You Received scholarships from Jacobs Pillar, mm-hmm. Pillow, the School of American Ballet, mm-hmm. You're with Dance Theater of Harlem right now. What got yes. you interested in saying, you know what, I'm going to be a ballerina. I'm going to be a dancer. <laughs> like, what See, age were you and how did yeah. it kind of just progress? So people don't actually realize, yes, I'm a dance enthusiast. I have a BFA. I'm currently working on my master's in dance. But I never wanted to be a dancer. It was not until the age of 18 
Wow. <laughs> it wasn't until the age of 18 that I decided to study dance in college. Now, prior to that, people don't realize that my mother was a dancer. So instead of going to daycare, I would go with my mother to work and she would be teaching and dancing. So I would always be in the studio. Also, on Sunday mornings, I would watch Turner Classic Movie to see tons of musicals on the TV. So I was surrounded by dance and music. And my father, him being Panamanian, um, was very knowledgeable about traditional Panamanian folk dance. So dance was always all around me. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to make it a profession, especially here in America the arts aren't as heavily funded as they are elsewhere. And plus people put so much pressure, especially as a first generation American to focus on other things that are going to make more money. And I say that in quotes, mm -hmm. um, not so much about being happy. So after my grandmother had passed away from colon cancer, my initial goal was to become a doctor. Um, but once I did medical programs and things like that, everybody said, you should dance. And I always liked to dance. I did cheerleading, dance, tennis, I did everything. Mm -hmm. But there was something about being on stage and I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this seriously. When I auditioned for Juilliard and made it to the end, that's when the light bulb hit off. But originally I did not want to dance. Um, and then things just started happening for me, which was crazy. <laughs> it just kind of always works out. Like you might not have that one door that you want open. Right. But then something else just pops up. And like I said, I never yeah. expected to become a professional. I knew I liked it as a hobby, but I didn't know that I'm actually paying rent right now through dancing, which is crazy. You know, I've never had a, another job besides dancing. So that's, that's pretty incredible to know that I had that much support. That's awesome. That's like a great, great story to hear. Just it's to a know, crazy like, one. <laughs> like things just happen when you are kind of like walking or a pillow. What's it called? Pirouetting? <laughs> yeah, pirouetting. Uh-huh. Well, Into my, your purpose. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't really know what the purpose was. I just know that when it's for you, it's for you. And that's what I said about being Miss Black USA. I would tell all my sister queens, like, hey, the winner's already chosen. I don't know who it is. It's, it's mm -hmm. destined for somebody. I'm just coming here to have fun, enjoy myself with these educated and like-minded women. And I already represented, you know, the organizations that I wanted to do. I got my sponsorships. Whoever wins, wins, you know. And then it just happened to be me. But um, that was something I, I just think about. It's like, if it's for you, it's for you. And there's no need to stress because everything will fall into place. Yeah, I think one thing that people need to realize, like, as contestants is that if you were destined to be Miss So-and-So, in your right. case, Miss Black USA, God had that planted. It plan was already planned, yes. Yeah, that yeah. you were born, so. You can't really change it. And I actually did watch you perform, even though I was running back and forth on stage <laughs> and backstage. Um, I watched you perform, and you really wowed the judges, like, during your fitness round and during your uh, talent round when you danced T-Pain. And mm -hmm. I actually was so engrossed in your performance just watching you. It was like watching a swan like, <laughs> on a lake because you had on white and the background was on blue. White. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I didn't realize. I was like, oh, wait, this is a T-Pain song. Yeah. Like, I was watching you, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, it was just, like, a magical, like, you did a really awesome job. Like, your whole, like, um, just performance was just, I was just so engrossed in it. Yeah, I mean, that was it was a very personal thing because my mother and I co-choreographed it after she came out of the hospital. And I've always loved that T-Pain song. And he's actually talking about his children, but I wanted to interpret it as if he's talking about God. And I think um, the talent portion for me was going to be the easiest of the competition because it's my profession. <laughs> yeah. But um, what I was really hoping to slay was um, my Q&A. And I remember... 
feeling so confident with the Q and A um, that I felt like if I can slay the Q and A, I got everything else. <laughs> and I remember going on Pageant Planet, looking at those two hundred and thirty-three questions, and would practice my answers every single day until pageant week. And I was so serious about that. Even calling friends and fam to just ask me random questions about what's happening. That was my biggest thing. And I, I felt from there, I was able to just keep tying in the judges piece by piece um, to do my overall best. So that was like an amazing, amazing journey just to, to complete that. That was incredible. Do you remember what your question was? Yes, I do. My first question for preliminaries was about what are some of the challenges that women face today? And of course, I spoke about the pay gap. And then my second question was about um, global technology and if it's hurting or helping society. I believe it was either in that order or reverse. But those were my two questions. Oh, nice. So what was your biggest goal or biggest accomplishment as Miss Black USA? Oh, my biggest accomplishment as Miss Black USA. Oh my God, there's there's so many. Um, or I like top oh, three. Or your I favorites. Think my favorite. Well, one of my favorites was Sister Circle TV. I found oh, that yes. to be really amazing because the ladies were just so intrigued about the organization and the Heart Truth campaign and the fact that I represented two campaigns and just being an artist in general. Um, they were just really intrigued about what the organization stands for about how these black women are here that over 80% of us have, you know, master's degrees. They were just really um, connected to the sisterhood of it all. And that's something you don't get with a lot of other pageants. Um, another big accomplishment of mine, not only just during the rain, not only the trip to Dubai and the shoes from Liliana, but it was really coming back for the next set of Queens. Um, what I was able to do was give a little bit of my input on what I would like to do with the next queens. And that included a pajama party. Not just any pajama party, but it was definitely a 90s theme gift exchange. But I was able to get the robes for the queens. I was able to get personalized robes for these ladies to make them all feel special, to know that they're loved, and to really get deep with them and have conversations about what it means to be a Black woman in America. How can we... Um, keep this connection going beyond the crown. That was my biggest thing was to really have a moment to connect with these ladies. And I think that was one of my biggest accomplishments. And I saw pictures of the robe. Yes. And I was so jealous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were nice. They were purple. Were they silk? Yeah. yeah. They weren't silk. No, no, no. They were just the satin. But I remember seeing if we can get these robes for these queens. And I remember um, I decorated the pajama room. We had pillows, snacks, and food and everything. And I made sure the queens all came in, and they literally freaked out. They really felt like that was just a little personal touch that gave them a minute to bond. There was no authorities there, just me and the teen queen. And we were just having a blast, you know, eating bad foods and, and crying <laughs> and, and celebrating each other. We really were able to connect. And that's something I didn't get specifically with my pageant week, just because it was a lot going on. But with this one, I really wanted to make sure the queens felt really good. And we even had an ORS hair chat. We even spoke about black hair. Um, so we really had more moments to connect with the queens. And even to this day, I still chat with all of them. Oh, nice. It's always good to know that like you are there to support because sometimes you'll see queens and they're kind of like yeah the they and <laughs> that's like, it upset, right right, so, right right really no no because I tell people I was a Miss Black USA before the crown and sash I was doing everything 
normally. So and a crown and sash just added to that, just amplified that. But I'm back to, you know, being same old Daphne. I'm on my little Instagram and doing my nine to five and doing my schooling. Everything's still the same for me. I just can't wear that tiara no more. Well, except in the house by myself. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a little different. Just have it on. Do you wear it to the grocery store? Like, hey, you know, I'm just here looking at the apples. People say that. They're like, how come you don't wear it every single day? I'm like, uh, you know, I, I need to be ready for that. That's like a, a an enhancement of myself. Because then that means the lashes got to come on. The contacts got to come on. The nails got to be good. The red lip, um, the famous red lip from Miss Black USA has to come on. Like, I got to yeah. prepare for all of that. So to me, that's a special treat. You got to pay me extra for that. <laughs> you got to get into character. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned your trip to Dubai. What are some oh, yes. of your other favorite places to travel? And talk about your trip to Dubai. Oh, okay. So my trip to Dubai was amazing. First of all, let me just clear that I was actually supposed to go on three different locations, but because of my schedule, Dubai was the um, place of choice. Dubai was absolutely stunning. I planned to go back there. Um, the founder, Karen Arrington, really thought about my uniqueness as an artist, and she booked the hotel, um, the XVA Art Hotel, which is a boutique hotel geared for artists. And I'm vegetarian. All the food was vegetarian Mediterranean food. And it was so serene. It was so calming. It was just beautiful. I had my own room. And each room had a different designer that, that made it all special. I was able to go sand dune bashing, like riding in actual sand dunes. I got some abayas. I got some gold rings at the gold souk. And I, able, I was able to bathe in the, Med- um, the Middle Eastern waters of the ocean. I mean, oh. imagine being on a beach and seeing camels. I mean, it was it was something like out of Aladdin. It was absolutely gorgeous. But so that's definitely one of my favorite places. Um, I'm Panamanian. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. How were how the men in Dubai? Oh, they're, they're, you know, this is Middle Eastern, Black, you know. Yeah, they all look like a bunch of Jesuses walking around. Like, it was, <laughs> it was great. I mean, even going through customs. You know, here at customs, they're in, like, the police uniforms. Yeah. Well, customs in the Middle East, they're wearing their traditional outfit, which is the all-white with the camel tie around the head. I mean, it was amazing. They all got the dark beards, and, you know, it was it was really, really awesome. <laughs> Ooh, sound like I need to go to Dubai. <laughs> right? Girl, I'm going back. I'll take you with me. Okay, for sure, for sure. Um, Another place, I love the Caribbean. I love anywhere with the beach. And um, of course, I love my father's country of Panama. I love the rainforest there. Um, So I'm a traveler by heart. Um, I'm actually going on a little mini vacation after this to another Caribbean island. But yes, I love um, the beach. I love heat. That is where I love to be. But I've been all over Europe. I've been to China. I've been to Bulgaria, Luxembourg, France, Paris, London, I've been everywhere, but um, I still have not gone to Africa. That is a goal of mine, but uh, I just love to travel. I think it's so important. Which African country would you visit if you had a chance to? I would like to check out Kenya because I believe my great-great-grandmother said we had Kenyan roots. Um, I also want to check out um, South Africa because I've played the role of Winnie Mandela for a specific ballet that was about Nelson Mandela's life, so I would like to check out south africa's history and of course egypt i mean i'd love to be able to see the pyramids see the hieroglyphics and get into that history as well yeah i would love to go to south africa i saw pictures of cape cod on snapchat yes when snapchat was going Uh, through the countries oof yes i was like how beautiful i saw the mountain the ocean i'm like oh my god gorgeous gorgeous i gotta go to cape cod yes 
those are some of my places. Oh, and um, Bali, Indonesia. That place looks so lit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think contestants um or Miss Indonesia. I follow them, mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. always in Bali. And I'm like, man, yes. this looks so pretty. I went to some place that just looked pretty all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, to me as an artist, like you need that escape. You need to be able to have a balance between work life and you know travel. So you know, go for it. I mean, we're all broke, we're all struggling, but you find a way to make it happen. <laughs> true, true. I tell people that too. I took a lot of trips this year and I just okay. managed to just make it work. Like, yeah, you can yeah, find yeah. cheap plane tickets for like 40 bucks. And right, right, right. If you guys stay at like hotels that are kind of suspect, just, you know, you're just you there know, for the you, night. You, you do what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I have my little credit card and I'm like, okay, rent is paid, but I got this credit card and I make sure I'm on top of my little payments, you know, that acts as a buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, because I tour with a dance company, I get frequent flyer miles for free. Oh, look at so you. So I'm able to rack up those points and then eventually use those for little personal getaways, which is, you know, a huge plus to being a dancer that tours a little bit. Oh, nice. That's kind of cool. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Perks of the job. Perks of the job. So what would you say is some of the best advice you received either as Miss Black USA or before it or even after it? Oof, oh, best words of advice. Um, I feel like I need daily confirmation <laughs> all the time. So <laughs> I think the biggest thing is to remember I wanted to get this quote um, on my wall and it's called, nevertheless, she persisted. And it's just about being persistent and that the words no mean next opportunity. And like I said, just receiving daily affirmation that when it's for you, it's for you. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It will come easy. And the same thing with my relationships. I just recently had a bad breakup. So I'm single again. And I thought about that. I'm like, wait, 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 why did this happen? Why did this happen? But instead of questioning why, it's like, okay, you learn from it. You digest those feelings, but then you also know that something bigger and better is coming and how to be patient. And I think these are all little things of advice that I use um, whether it's a mantra or something, just to keep me sane, just to keep me level-headed. Yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned doing it, like, daily. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you might see a good quote, and you're like, you know what, I feel empowered by this quote. But if you don't, like, look at it every day, right. you kind of, like, forget. Yes. And I actually heard someone, like, motivation is, like, taking a shower. Or, you know, you need it every day. Yeah, you need it every day. day. Yes, yeah. exactly. I some people need that. it, you know, a few times a day. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm definitely one of those people. It's not easy for me to to go through different things. And I'm going through a lot as we speak. So, you know, I always need a little bit of that moment to just write in my journal or see something or just hear TD Jakes on YouTube for 10, 15 minutes. Just something to keep you up there and to remind you how far you've made it. Yeah, I do the same thing. Listen to TD Jakes on YouTube. Yes, TD Jakes. That's my man. (laughs) <laughs> Even for me, like listening to like soundtracks or like motivational music, like that yes. people are working out to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even like hypes me up. Yeah, I think um, I actually did a gig with Beyonce a few years back and she's a big motivational factor. Her work ethic is impeccable. And I always think, OK, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I think about things when it comes to relationships like, oh, I'm not married. Everybody's married around me. But then I think about, you know, artists like, you know, Beyonce or Carrie. Yes, they have a little bit of money, but they focus on their careers first and everything else fell into place. And to know that there is no societal pressure that I can just keep going on what I need to do. And when it's for me, it'll be for me. I don't need to go searching and the hunting and all of that. <laughs> right. And you actually just mentioned Mrs. Carter. 
you were a part of the opening video for the Mrs. Carter World Tour. I was, yeah. That was an awesome gig that I had no idea it was for Beyonce until she walked out. <laughs> really? Yes, we didn't know what it was for. They said that she needed um, ballerinas and she wanted black ballerinas. And um, my friend of a friend of a friend of a friend had told me to come to Brooklyn and it was this warehouse. And then I see Frank Gatson. And if anybody knows Frank Gatson, he's the creative um, choreographer for Beyonce. So I knew who he was because of the industry. Mm-hmm. And I said, this could only be one thing. And then I see Tina Knowles. I'm like, why? Why is Tina here? She over here selling costumes and and stuff, and she's sizing us. I'm like, oh, this gotta be for Beyonce. And then Blue Ivy runs around, and I'm like, okay, so Beyonce's definitely here. And then what? yeah, I was literally standing right next to her when we did the opening video. We were just shooting from different angles. All I do is literally in the video bow my head, but trust me, I did a eight hours of work <laughs> for that one shot. I mean, I would just stand, just stand still, just to have a shot, or even like be that person back, like <laughs> waving. People forget. Yeah, I mean, this is so true. Like you're starstruck, but you also forget that we're all working. We're all artists. So this is, you know, when the camera was on, she was professional, and when the camera was off, she was a mom. She was playing with Blue Ivy. She was sipping her little Starbucks um, drink. I mean, she was talking to us. She was absolutely normal. But as soon as it was time to work, she was ready to work. And that's something, you know, dancers do all the time. So it was just nice to know that, you know, she's part of that, even though she sings for a level and we use our bodies um, as instruments. So it was really great to see that. That's that's so dope. Like that has to be like one of the best stories to just have. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's I mean, it's on my resume. So no one can take that away from me. And I, I want to work with her again in the future. But for now, I do have that one little moment. That's pretty cool. And you also have the video of it, too. Right? I do. I have a little um, snippet. I think on my website, I have a little bit of it. And you see me walk and you see her come up. And it's me all along my friends. And we're all bowing to her because she's the queen. So it's a really fun moment. Oh, my goodness. So I know that's like a defining moment in your like dancing career. Mm-hmm. But what would you say would be one of the most defining moments as Miss Black USA? Oh, one of the most defining moments as Miss Black USA. I think mm-hmm. it would have to be the same thing I spoke about in the beginning, the multiple myeloma um, gala event. Um, I think, like I said, this was a cancer that I had no idea um, of what it was. And my mother literally was just messaging the CEO of the organization and not expecting a response from her. So when this lady responded and um, was like, yeah, we're looking for a spokesperson for our organization, it was like, okay, well, my daughter is Miss Black USA. I mean, we don't know how they're going to take that. And she was like, oh, perfect, because we need to reach the African-American community with this cancer. Wow. And um, like I said, I never co-hosted a live silent auction before. I mean, talk about the opportunities that came with being Miss Black USA. Um, I was able to actually do a live silent auction with my co-host, Allie Ward. Um, and I literally was on the red carpet. I got interviewed. And then I was able to go into the silent auction room where there were things for like thousands and thousands of dollars from trips to autograph records to date nights with um, 
different news anchors. I mean, I was literally doing a live hosting. I had a mic. I had something in my ear. I mean, it was incredible. And I got to attend the gala comedy show with all these celebrity comedians. And to be able to wear that crown and sash and have people, you know, look into the um, organization and, and recognize what this stood for, it was absolutely amazing. And the fact that they asked me back, even though I'm no longer Miss Black USA, really means a lot to me, too. Um, so I just love that connection. And, you know, I was able to really spread that to the African-American community about what multiple myeloma is so much that actually one of my coworkers' moms has the cancer and was able to use me as a resource. So wow. those two things just really came in hand. And I think that was my favorite, one of my favorite highlights. Can you explain to us what um, that cancer is and how it kind of works? Yes. So there's multiple myeloma cancer, which is a bone marrow cancer. So what it is that the plasma cells in the bone, one of the plasma cells can get affected. And when there's multiple um, plasmatic cells in the bone, that becomes multiple myeloma. So what it does, it, it comes from the inside of the bones and it oozes outward. So at one point, my mother's bones were the density of Swiss cheese. Wow. Um, they were very soft. So it takes a lot of radiation and chemotherapy to kill that cancer and to harden her bones. But with that, she ended up having to get a hip replacement. But now the cancer went to her hip because there was an opening in one of the bones. So it's a constant battle of finding where the openings of your bones are and to kill it. And people don't realize that cancer is all within us. Like we have almost, we, we live in viruses. Cancer is in our bodies daily. It's just whether it gets triggered. And this is where I'm such an advocate for healthy eating, where I stopped cutting out meat. I cut out dairy. I cut out gluten just because these things affect the um the cancers in our body um so that's really inspired me to change my my eating habits my living habits and just to be more conscious of what i'm doing with my body so that i know i can help you know lessen the trigger of you know these viruses and diseases we have yeah that's so true i need to start working on it myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it takes time it's not something you know but we see how society likes to pressure us i mean Every time you watch a food commercial, what's being advertised? It's either milk, eggs, dairy, or meat. It's always those things. You never see commercials for carrots or for kale. It's always meat, eggs, and dairy. So that's something they're trying to make us make those industries thrive, but those are the same foods in access that are killing us. So mm. people don't pay attention to these things. And it's like, bruh, this is about staying woke. This is how we stay woke, you know? And same thing with the cancer organizations. Um, there's many cancer organizations that want you to donate money to help cure cancer, but not realizing they're feeding patients yogurt, eggs, dairy, and meat and telling them to be on a healthy diet. That's not how it works. So I, I think, you know, having this cancer that my mom has, has given me the ability as Ms. Black USA to really be an advocate for this is where that fitness comes in, but talk about foods, to talk about nutrition, not to cure anybody or say that you can't eat anything, but to be aware of what society has um, an impact with how we eat as Americans and going forward from there. That's so true. <laughs> and I even like watch, um, you know, the Netflix show. The Netflix movie that everyone was watching. I can't think of the name. Oh, yes. There's, there's Forks Over Knives. There's, yeah, there's a, there's several documentaries that it was, talk about that. Yeah. It was a main one. Um, yeah, yeah. Forgot it. What the um, hell? What the hell? What the hell? Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's it. Mm. And I was like, wait, I can't eat any, like, yeah, really yeah, anything yeah. that I was it's... eating. The cheese, the dairy. Mm -hmm, wait, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Why didn't no one tell me this? Because they advertise milk, you know. They advertise it, but it's like, wait, kids. the only milk that you're supposed to have is the one from your mother and then you get weaned off of the milk so yeah. why are we drinking another it's, and it's you yeah never think, it? you never think about it. you're just like oh you yeah, don't think about it right. do this. Like, Wait, well i found out to. from a very young age that um dairy gave me eczema so when i drank straight up milk i broke out immediately um so i started i started making my own nut milks from very very young um so but yeah but at the same time you don't want to lose our culture like i'm afro-caribbean so i love my oxtails and my my fried yuca and my ohalas and all of those things Mm -hmm. so i'm aware culturally like you know every once in a while you know on a special occasion i can have that stuff but no i stick to plants and lentils and and gluten-free pastas and i make my own milks i mean there's tons of amazing foods out there that they don't want to push forward because people feel like oh no i can't eat anything i'm like there's tons of food out there there are tons of really great food out there. It's just that, like I said, on our TV screen, you see bacon, ham, and cheese on a sandwich. And it's like, uh, <laughs> that's all of those three bad things in one sandwich. But instead of, you know, talking about, you know, a gluten-free slice of bread with avocado and chia seed um, with a little bit of Himalayan salt and some olive oil, like that's another option, you know? So, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is that one reason why you don't drink wine? No, no, no. Okay, so the whole wine and alcohol thing, this this is the grandma side of me. I just don't like wine. (laughs) What? (laughs) I I know, I know, I know. I try, okay. It's like a gift. I know, but there is, I did go to Napa Valley, and I did try a specific wine, and I fell in love with it. I shipped, I bought some and shipped it back to my house in New Jersey. My parents drank all of it. And uh, I don't remember what that wine was. But... (laughs) <laughs> that was the only bottle of wine that I actually loved. But in general, it's just, you know, occasional rosé, but it's just not a it's not a thing for me. Same thing with alcohol. Unless it's doused in sugar, like a pina colada or amaretta sour, I just I just can't. I, I tried. I really tried. We gotta get you a good one. <laughs> I you know I, what it was. Uh, it red or white? It was a white wine. It was very okay. citrusy and it had a hint of sweetness in it and it was lovely. I could I could drink the whole thing. But that, other than that specific brand and maker and whatever, I cannot with the others. I, I try. Trust me. I'm a dancer. We go to galas. We have dinners all the time. And I'm just like, bro, just pass me some water and lemon or some ginger ale because I just can't. <laughs> I can't do the wine. I, I try. Everybody laughs at me. I know it sucks. I think I would probably guess if they talked that it, it was a Sauvignon Blanc. No, it wasn't that. No, I would have okay. remembered that. No, it was something else, something local out there. And it was just amazing. It was so, it was like honey down my throat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, now I want to like try it. I well, know. I will, I'll find something that I think I might try. I'll try to wean it, I think it's, here. yeah, if it's sweet and, and <laughs> fresh, send me the bottle. I'll pay for the shipping. Hmm. <laughs> Do you know if it was a Riesling? Would you know it by name if you heard it? No, I wouldn't. Oh, it was okay. such a long time ago. And I was very upset that my parents drank the entire thing. Like, that was been the good. biggest shade <laughs> that they threw to me. But yeah, they loved it too. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, back to you. So, when you aren't dancing and you're on yes. stage performing, what do you like to do during your free time? Like, what do you do? Okay, so I'm a homebody. Okay. I like to put on some sweatpants make a big bowl of popcorn and just sit down and watch TV. 
that's one of the things I like to do on my free time because I'm always doing something otherwise. But um, in addition to that, I love, I'm a, I'm very, I'm prissy. I love getting my nails and hair done. Yeah. Um, I love, like I said, we love to travel. So I love getting out, seeing the street festivals and vendors, um, open mic nights, that kind of thing. Just really chill, cool stuff. Um, I'm a foodie. I love food. So I'm always at a restaurant or trying to catch up with a friend over some food. Like, I'm so bad. This is why I'm, I'm broke because I just spend money on nails, hair, and food. Um, <laughs> but that's really, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty, you know, I decorate point shoes. That's something I do. Um, yeah, I take, instead of throwing away my dead point shoes, I actually decorate them. And uh, I'll either sell them or give them to anybody that's inspiring once I autograph it. I think that's something I like to do. I love to scrapbook. I uh, love taking photos and creating like a lifetime of memories. I think, yeah, it's just very artsy, crafty stuff and just pretty much laying low and chilling. That's pretty cool. You know, if you have popcorn next to you, you can find a nice buttery Chardonnay to go with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, look, see, this is why I need your help <laughs> to let me know because, yeah, when I was watching Scandal and I saw her with her popcorn and wine and I just did not have the wine. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think she drinks a lot of red wine too. She drinks a lot of red wine. Uh huh. Yeah, but I, I do like the white wine, the white wine, and I like rosé. Okay, okay, that's good to know. I'm <laughs> um, actually right now, as we are talking, I am drinking a Chardonnay. It's from South Africa, Ooh. but I believe it was bottled in Texas. Okay, cool. It is super good. I like to call myself a cheap wine connoisseur. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and this one was three dollars, and I got it. A local wine, Ooh. like a major wine store. Okay, well, I have uh, I have a juice, but it is not a fancy. Um, it's not. It's not, it was bottled somewhere in some factory, but it's <laughs> it's Plum Smart <laughs> from my oh. local grocery store. Don't don't laugh, y'all. Don't laugh. But um, that is my drink for tonight. But I trust me when we do the second podcast, I'm gonna have my wine ready. Yay! <laughs> We are sipping wine and juice with that being this black yes. USA. How cool is that? Yay. What's one of your guilty pleasures to watch on TV? Guilty pleasures. Oh, um, wait, 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 I was just watching that. Um, this is not a guilty pleasure, but I like to say yes to the dress. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I needed, I actually wanted to start this today, but I wanted to watch Greenleaf. Um, oh. The first episode of Greenleaf, I heard that was really, really crazy. Um, and then I'm currently, well, it finished just now, but I was watching The Handmaid's Tale. Um, okay. That show is, you know, that's bonkers because it can actually happen and it's it's really crazy. Uh, I like Ayanla Fix My Life. Nice. Just when I, you know, when I feel like, you know, things are not going well for me, I watch that and I realize I am in no position like how those people are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Love it. What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I love um Chopped. Like I said, I'm a foodie, so I love Chopped. That is my jam. If they ever do an amateur chop, I will be on there. Um, and other than that, like I've seen Atlanta, I've seen a little bit of Queen Sugar, um, Insecure, I've seen a little bit of. But yeah, it's just kind of whatever piques my interest and whatever I'm in a mood for. But I need to start that Green Leaf because I heard it was really, really good. Green Leaf was really good. I watched this first season. Okay. I think I watched a little bit of season two. Yeah. I think we're on season three right now. Oh, I thought I was um, still on two. Oh, I'm not, I'm not fresh yet. But I did okay. watch season one. Okay. Yeah. I'm not caught up. But it was really good. You should yeah. watch it. It's I'm really going nice. to binge watch that this Labor Day weekend. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. And for people who aren't listening, Greenleaf is on OWN. Yes. I believe it yes. is. And it's a really good show about the black church. Mm-hmm. The drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's real life. Like, obviously, it's dramatized, but it's real life things that happen in the black church, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I would definitely recommend that one for a lot of people. I binge watched it, too. Oh, okay. It was really nice. Yay. Do you have a favorite book you would like to recommend for our listeners? Yes, I do. So, one of my favorite books that I love um, is James Baldwin, and it's called The Last Interview and Other Conversations. Um, And it's pretty much the last interviews of his life. Um, And it really just has a lot of deep things. And it's literally in an interview format. I believe it's four different interviews. And it just really talks about you know, what he saw during his lifetime and what, you know, how can we continue to change and has anything changed? And um, I wrote down a little section trying to find it. I didn't actually fold the crease. But um, yeah, I wrote all over this book. And I just been, feel like it's powerful. Um, and like I said, from the 60s all the way to his death, I mean, it has such amazing quotes and what's going on and how safe does he feel and you know, he's just real. He's just one of those authors and writers that was just real and really spoke of the truth. And I feel like this book, James Baldwin, The Last Interview, should be read by a lot of people. It's it's a small book. It's not um, a big read. It's just interviews. But it's it's great. It's really, really great on how he, you know, conducts his answers and how clever he is or whether he wants to answer questions or not. Um, so <laughs> it's a beautiful book. And I actually want to reread it, too. And for people who don't know, James Baldwin is a novelist and a writer. He was born mm-hmm. in like like the twenties or something. Yes, the 20s, I believe. Yeah. And he died in like the late eighties. Late eighties, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was very vocal about African Americans, mm-hmm. gays, yeah. and even like bisexual men too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this one part where he has the interview with Goldstein. He says, um, you never thought of yourself as being gay. And Baldwin says, no, I didn't have a, wo- a word for it. The only one I had was homosexual, but that didn't quite cover what I was beginning to feel. Like, that's one of the, the interviews that he talks about. So it's really good, really good stuff. You really get to know Baldwin through it. Yeah, that's kind of good. That's, I got to look into that one. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I read his other book, and one of his books was actually adapted to be um, the Academy Award-winning documentary, I Am Not Your Negro. Ah, yes. Oh, okay. So, yes, I read that book, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I read that book, and I watched the movie. And I remember I was in Memphis at the time, and I went in and watched it by myself. It was incredible. And I believe, yeah, I read the book first, and then I watched the movie. And the movie was playing in certain cities just for a couple of days. So when I heard it was coming to Memphis, I literally was able to finish work early and go see it because I had to go see it. And it literally blew my mind away. So I need to find that and keep that because it was one of my favorite movies to watch. That was a really good one. It was a really good, like, touching movie. Yeah, I'm a Baldwin fan for sure. (laughs) And you are also part of, like, the Black excellence that people yes, talk about. Hashtag. And the Black Girl <laughs> Magic. Yeah. And you you came out with the Daphne Lee Artistic Legacy Award. Yes. Um, the Daphne Lee Artistic Legacy Award was instated um, right towards the end of my reign. Um, you know, our founder really wanted to 
develop another scholarship that was geared towards artists. And she felt like that was really important. And we made up some guidelines that we had some of the contestants apply because we wanted this year to go towards a contestant and then have the applications actually open in January. And um, I selected a a queen to, to represent that title. And it's amazing. And people don't actually realize there are no dance scholarships for female dancers of color pursuing dance. Really? There's like... There's, I think there's like a few now, but when I was applying, there were none. Absolutely what? none. Nope. There's none. Like I said, everything is towards scientists. They're towards medicine. They, you know, and not realizing that artists carry the same amount of responsibility and weight to this world. Um, so it's, I've always wanted to have a scholarship in my name and that just came through and, you know, now, you know, full-time artists or, um, Young people who are seeking to have a degree in dance can use this. And I think that's very important because, you know, just like a, a regular degree, dance scholar, dance um, degrees are not cheap either. Um, yeah. So it's really amazing to have that intact. And, you know, I still have my bills to pay. So I'm hoping somebody write me a check <laughs> so I can complete my grad school. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm getting my MFA in dance and I got my BFA in dance. And it's important to know, like, I'm not just twirling in a studio all day. I'm really learning about art theory, dance theory, dance history, music composition, dance composition, um, justifying art within our world. What if art gets taken away? You're really going into societal constructs and how art plays a role in that. So we're not just dancing all day when we get a dance degree. There's a lot more that happens. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that half no. of their lives <laughs> you are watching an artist at work, whether it's music or whether it's yeah, TV yeah. or, or architecture. Yeah, yeah, that's all art. It's important. It's important. And um, like I said, in this country, it's not really prioritized. Um, in other countries, if you're an artist, you're fully supported by the government. So, you know, that in America, that's why a lot of artists do end up moving elsewhere. You know, you think about Josephine Baker, you know, she was not dealing with the mess here. People moved to Europe. Europe, they're completely funded um, by the arts. Only in America, you know, we have more access to football and sports and less about dance. But, you know, in Russia, a football game to them is going to a ballet theater, ballet concert. Um, that's like, that's where you go to see excellence. Like that's where you go to, you know, you still have your sports, of course, but art Mm -hmm. is equally as valued. Um, but in this country it's not. So I'm always a big advocate for the arts. Wow. You know, I never thought about that. A lot of, I know a lot of models who do leave, go overseas Mm -hmm. Mm because better pay. Yeah. Yeah. I never put two and two together. Well, because, you know, bodies here and and everything is so sexualized. Everything is titillating where, you know, elsewhere, it's really about art. It's really about that mission, that purpose there. But here where we're not, you know, we still have a problem breastfeeding in public. I mean, until we get over (laughs) that, you know, not much is really going to change. So people come here to do what they need to do and they leave. Yes, it's the land of opportunity, but I don't plan to stay in this country forever. You know, there's there's other places that I feel cater more to the well-being of people. Um, but, yeah, that's something, you know, something to be aware of. That's kind of deep. You know, I really never thought about that. I'm so we're here, like, in awe right now. <laughs> yeah. I really just never put two and two together. Yeah. I do see, I'm thinking, like, how I visualize, you know, the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And I do see, like, artists and... Yeah, Having, yeah. Like, dancing, taking yeah. Like, seriously, like an art form, and they're doing we their really thing. Do focus on sports, and we, we do. Like, yeah, a lot of the other sports, they're not really like the best athletes. Like, right, right, right. But it's, what they focus on, right, right, right. I mean, we really, really heavily focus on that. I mean, 
you know, you take your son to football practice or you take your son to, to dance lessons, even though a lot of places are now requiring um, football players to learn dance um, for agility purposes and for maintenance of the body. But it's essential. Human beings have always danced. We've always sang. We've always danced. We've always draw. We always used our body um, to create. So, you know, somewhere along the line, it got, you know, pushed to the side. And, you know, when our president came into power, you know, the National Endowment for the Arts was cut. So there were a lot of companies or um, funding that got cut, which sucks, you know. Um, so that's important to understand that, you know, if you spell art, if you spell earth without A-R-T, it's eh. <laughs> so <laughs> the world, earth needs art. <laughs> the world needs art. It's essential. So I always use that as a little, you know, something you know, put the word A-R-T in parentheses with the E on the H on the side, so. <laughs> yeah, and I always see the arts as, like, a stress reliever. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of people well, sometimes. Dance, but, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, well, I mean, when yeah. it's, well, as my nine to five, it's sometimes it, it could add some stress. I mean, you got to do a whole bunch of mathematics and preservation of the mind, and what you see on stage is the final product, but what you don't see behind the scenes is a lot of, sweat a lot of you know a lot of stuff that goes on just mentally um keeping our mind and bodies in shape i mean our body is the actual instrument that's crazy so we're pretty much non-verbal communicationists through movement like we have to be able to express how you feel but through movement i mean that's a big responsibility like you've got to pay somebody for that that's that's a big thing for someone to have to do and same thing for a singer. She's expressing how you feel or how um, he feels or whatever. Those are big, important things. Just like the surgeon needs to know exactly what he's doing mm -hmm. to make sure he doesn't mess up. It's the same thing with the artist. We need people that are able to express the human emotion, whether through different mediums, drawing, singing, dancing, acting. That's what keeps us alive. Oh, my goodness. I'm learning so much from you today. <laughs> and I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Like, No, you're welcome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's so true. It is so true. Yeah. You guys you guys help us, like, just, I think, like, because yeah, you, you never think about it. Like, you're no, going to, no. like, the museum or going to go see a ballet. Or right, a right, right. <laughs> and it's just, like, you know. It's a temporary getaway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you guys have tech week, too, as ballerinas? Tech week? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time. So every time we're getting ready to perform in a theater, you always do a tech the day before you do a dress rehearsal and then you do the main show. It depends on how many, um, how long we're staying in a particular city. But yeah, there's always a tech for the lighting cue, um, the lighting people, the designers, all of that has to be done. There's always a costume fitting um, when a new ballet is being created. All of that goes into it. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> All of that goes into creating a work. So we have to learn about 15 to 20 pieces of dancing. Um, so you may have a choreography. Someone else may have choreography. So we're learning all these different ballets. And then when you come see us perform, you'll probably see about three or four of them. And that's what constitutes the show. How are you able to memorize choreography? Um, it's brain memory. So if I, you know, just like when you learn the opening number for Miss um, Black USA, <laughs> I it's like the, half learn it. I'm like, put well, it in the back. <laughs> I forgot you, already. But you know what I mean? Eventually, like, there's a sense where you keep doing it over and over that you actually memorize it and it becomes second nature. Just like when you're a little kid, you say your ABCs, you memorize mm -hmm. it. It's the exact mm -hmm. same things, but it's more at an advanced level. But it's all just you see it, you copy it, 
and you keep repeating it and then you finesse it and then you add your artistic emotion on top of it and there you go but yeah it takes a minimum of 10 years to build that finesse but anybody could be a dancer holy cow okay. anybody can be a dancer but you know special people make an artist no oh so i don't have a dream well that, have but you could <laughs> i thought <laughs> i had it for a second i was like okay yeah, no it's there now. no 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 you can definitely be a dancer but you know as an artist that's a that's a different mental level but that's exactly what it is you just keep practicing that's what I'm, that's what we're doing nine to five is going over these pieces trying out lifts you know changing tracks like i'll have to learn somebody else's role so you're constantly learning new things you got to be on top of your numbers you got to be able to have and you got to be able to maintain your body it's a, it's a lot of work it's a lot of athletes the exact same thing yeah that sounds like it sounds like like serious serious business yeah it's, it's serious it's not a joke i mean I've, every time i perform they're expecting me to perform at my highest level it's not a joke that's my contract that's my bills that's my my life on the line literally so it's not a joke to be a dancer and just fluff along on stage. Like it's real work and it's somebody else's work. If you're a choreographer, you want your work to be up there. So we can't mess up your vision. We're, we're like the painting. So we can't mess that up. That's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a choreographer comes in and says, do this and that and this and that. And I want this and that make this shape. Da, 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 da. And then he needs to see it come to life. That's a big responsibility. You can't mess up in front of thousands of people every night. <laughs> you know so it's yeah. it's a lot bigger deal and once you get people to start to see dance that way um or like same thing even being a pageant queen that way then they can actually be like all right that now i understand now i understand the value of an artist it's not fun and games i'm not twirling around in some pink tutu and calling myself a ballerina it's a lot of work we have to know every muscle in the body we have to gather up everything otherwise we can get injured in a heartbeat so it's a lot of work so I know you work or you dance with Alvin Ailey the second. Yes, second company. Mm-hmm. And then also Oakland Ballet Company. Yes. And then also with Sydney Joe Jackson, which is an mm-hmm. artist. She was um, an artist in the UK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now you're at the Dance Theater of Harlem. Right. What would you tell a parent whose son or daughter is interested in dancing for real for a career? And they're kind of just like iffy about it or just not sure or really yeah. any parent whose child is interested in going into the arts. Cause I think one thing that like deterred me, cause I wanted to be an actress okay. all my life, but it wasn't taken seriously. It's like, okay, what's your backup option? Like, right, no, right, right. There's this no is yeah. my actual option. <laughs> right. So I hear that a lot. Same thing with going to college for dance. Like, is that really necessary? You should kind of yeah. minor and something like and people forget, like, you can't do that to people. You can't, you can't. Number one, for any young person that wants to pursue dance, continue to train at your, excuse me, <clears throat> continue to train at your local dance studio. That's exactly what I did. I, I learned my ballet, my tap, my jazz, but then also try to see if you can get in some summer intensive. So you want to go to a different institution um, um, every once in a while to get, outside feedback to be with other dancers your age that are trying to push to become the same thing go to as many performances as you can just because you studied ballet your whole life doesn't mean you can't end up on broadway or you can't end up dancing for beyonce you want to be well versed in all dance styles so i say continue to train make sure a ballet is really really strong because a lot of these auditions especially in hip-hop require ballet training 
Um, and I think, you know, not to place the emphasis on that, oh, you're not going to make it. Like, you push for it. You can go to school, get your paper, and you push for it. You start auditioning. You have your headshots. You sign up with an agency. Um, these are the small steps that you take in order to be seen in the industry. And it's all about who you know. I can tell you right now that it's 80% who you know, 20% talent. That's okay. the real line of it. It's really about who you know. And you have to know it's timing. I know actresses and actors right now that are not famous, but they're always booked and they're waiting for their break. It's all timing. Mm-hmm. And if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Now, you know, I don't believe that anybody has two left feet, but you need to be real with your options. Like, even I have a backup, but my backup is still connected to the arts because I can get injured at any po- any moment. But I plan to work in a university. Um, that's what I want to do. But, yeah, you just kind of push with it. You push with it. You see what what's out there. And if you have a passion for it, it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. So there's no need to be scared on anything backup because I don't believe in doing any nine to five that you're not passionate about. I would totally agree with it. And it only takes just like the right somebody to see you. The right, yeah. You know? That's that's the same thing. I mean, I've never gotten anything easy. I never I don't have the typical, you know, flexible dancer body and this that I don't have all of that. I don't have any of that. Um, but I work and people know me for my work ethic and my professionalism and that's what's gotten me through. That's what stopped me from applying to Whole Foods or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, I've never had another job except to dance, which has been, you know, I mean, like, besides hosting and doing like side things that I've done. But, you know, these are things that opened opportunities for me to model, to to be brand ambassadors, to create scholarships, to be a pageant queen. It all stems from dance and my work ethic. So that's that's really crucial. I love it. Love everything about it. And I guess you just gave us like a nice piece of life advice was just kind of go for it. But what is like a really good piece of advice you want to leave us with or a personal affirmation you would like to leave us with today? I think the personal affirmation I would say is to go with the flow. Let all the negative stuff go and just go with the flow. Let everything happen one day at a time. You put in the work and leave the rest up to God. Let let him or she or it handle it. And if there's <laughs> something you want, you call on the universe. The universe is one big giant catalog. You call on it and you speak it into existence, positive things only, and you go with the flow. And that's the best piece of advice I can give. Yep. What's meant for you will not pass you by. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daphne. Yay! I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. This felt like a real good conversation, and I <laughs> totally appreciate getting to know you better, and I'm sure our listeners learned so much more from you. Yeah. Just about you, life as Miss Black USA, being a dancer, being an artist. So I generally appreciate you spending time with us today. Yes, and don't forget to follow on my Instagram, at Daphne732. Okay. Any other websites or anything else you would like to plug for us? Other than Daphne732 on Instagram, find me on Facebook. And then my website is DaphneMLee.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I appreciate you sipping with us as yes, we listen to pageants and Prosecco. Yay. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. You guys. How much did you learn in this episode with Daphne? It was so real. Like, it was super real. I loved everything about 
getting to know Daphne more. Like I said, I did work with the girls, but I didn't get to know them in depth. And just learning more about an artist is just truly eye-opening. And getting to talk to a ballerina is so cool. I hope you guys learned something today. I hope you finished your glass. If you didn't finish your glass, what are you waiting for? If you did finish your glass, what are you waiting for? Pour up another one. Watch our next or listen to our next episode. And until we talk to you guys later, please, 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 if you can, subscribe and like this. And follow us on Instagram, Pageants and Prosecco. Let us know. Slide into my DMs. Let us know who you want to talk to next. Like, who do you want to hear from? What pageant person would you like to get to know more about? And let me know what kind of wine are you drinking with today's episode or any episode. What are you drinking? What do pageant people like to drink? I'm so curious. Aren't you curious? I'm so curious. (laughs) But please subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe and rate this and let them know that you love it and that you're going to listen to it again. And until next week, you guys, cheers and enjoy.